hosting small business interviews and discussing community, culture, and connection. Give it up for your host, Jordan Clark. Hi, welcome to the Triangle Radio Podcast. This is your host, Jordan Clark, and thanks for tuning in today. Today's show is going to be sponsored by the Sell on Sunday program, designed to sell your home for thousands more versus selling traditionally. Interested about finding out how you can have just a single day of showings and stay in your home for up to six months after closing? Click on the Sell on Sunday link in the description box below to find out more. Sell for more money and less fees with the Sell on Sunday program today. Today, we've got our guest, Brian Smith, on the show today. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jordan. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, uh, Brian, we've uh, crossed paths uh, through some networking events over the past couple of years. Great business leader, great guy, share a lot of same hobbies, interests, and passions. And uh, I'm just so excited that we could connect on the show today. Uh, Brian is the owner and founder of iWatch Security, which is a premier security solution serving the Triangle area. And uh, so Brian's going to be bringing us some great information today when it comes to home security. But before we get into that, Brian, just kind of want to hear your story. Where are you from? How long have you lived here? And uh, what brought you to the area? Well, I appreciate the opportunity to come uh, speak with you and speak with your base. Uh, you got a pretty good voice for this, by the way. You could be doing the uh, Carolina Hurricanes over there, I think. Uh, hey, they're going to have to test you out, I think. I, I appreciate that. Ready to jump in on a moment's notice. <laughs> and uh, well, in any case, I'm from the West Coast originally. Uh, I grew up uh, born in California primarily. I, I claim Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, left there at the age of 17. Uh, 13 days after I graduated high school, I was in basic training at Fort Dix, New Jersey, uh, made my first jump out of a C-130 airplane for the uh, in jump school at Fort Benning, Georgia. Turned 18 in jump school, did some time at Fort Bragg, made sergeant. That's where I found out real quick I didn't really like bosses, although I, I made the most of it. It was a great experience. But I think you learn a lot when you go through something like the military. You learn you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about other people and uh, what you like, what you don't like. One of the things I try to impart to my kids or younger people going through stuff is even if you get a crappy job or something you don't like, well, there's parts of it you're going to like, and there's parts of it you don't like. And just learning that self-awareness about yourself and that ultimately I had several jobs after the military and that's, I ended up in sales. Yeah. So how long did you serve for? And and if I missed this, I apologize. What what branch were you in? I was in, in the army. In the so army. The 82nd Airborne Division, Army Fort Bragg. I did three years and uh, they let me out for good behavior. Yeah. Uh, but I was a 20 year old when I got out and I kind of joke around. I was, uh, I was old enough to own a house, be a dad, uh, be married. I was a sergeant in the military, jumping out of planes. I was an expert with an M16. I had an M203 grenade launcher. I knew but, I liked you. But but I wasn't responsible enough to drink yet. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Right? Yeah, we'll save that for another episode. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I got in the security industry, uh, learned very quickly that I enjoyed sales. My love language is uh, my one of my top two is acts of service. And I think that's why I've always done well in industries where you're serving your your fellow humans. And sure. uh, the goal is to try to serve people the best you can. And that's, you add enough value to other people, then ultimately you can be successful yourself. Absolutely. So uh, first of all, thank you uh, for your service to our thank country. You, um, when looking back at your experience in the military, what, you know, life lessons or, you know, 
uh, breakthroughs did, did you have from that experience? Wow. Uh, there's a lot. So the first thing that jumps to mind is uh, government is terribly inefficient. Yes. Um, so I'll give you an example. Let's say that uh, we're going out and we're qualifying. You, you qualify with your weapon. You know, you get to practice, right? Keep your skills. And we would run through the troops and everybody qualifies and you would have all this ammunition left over. Well, they would, they, we would have to leave people behind to sit there and shoot through all the ammunition. Because if you didn't spend the money, you wouldn't get reallocated the money. And it's, it just taught me early on that there was several examples of that. It's wow, this is really a waste, right? You know, it's a real waste of money. And I got, I was actually reprimanded, uh, reprimanded one time because one of my jobs, one of my functions was the dining facility budget and bringing in food and planning meals for, and that sort of thing. And, uh, I was saving us tons of money thinking I'm doing a great job as this 19 year old kid. Right. And we got reprimanded. I had to go out and I had to go blow through all kinds of money. We had crab, we had shrimp, we had steaks for breakfast. We had to blow through all this money because we were accumulating too much in the account. And it was really disappointing to see, to be honest. Sure. Uh, but even back then, it was kind of a head scratcher for me. Uh, and it's, it's, I don't want to say I'm anti-government, but I'm just, you know, I've just seen government be incredibly inefficient. Um, so that's one of the things that jumps out at me sure. uh, as far as life lessons. Sure. Well, with acts of service being your lo love language in the back of your mind, you're probably thinking like, you know, who could have benefited? Who else could we have helped, you know, sure. with those additional resources and instead there's, of us having to gorge ourselves? There's so much, there's so much need in our country uh, and it would be better served somewhere else. But the the system is what the system is. You know, if you don't spend it, you don't get it next year. Yeah. And uh sucks system is broken is what yeah. it is um so you got out of the military and you got into the sales uh, field mm -hmm. uh, what what are those first couple of positions you know look like well just in-home sales uh running telemarketing leads and uh we got basically no training uh got thrown out there with a little pitch book but i think early on i think one of the things that helped me is is i realized you know, I'm good with people, pretty good with people. But if I didn't have the answer, I wouldn't sugarcoat it. I wouldn't make stuff up. I would say, yeah, you know, you know, Bob, that's a great question. I'm not 100% sure of the answer. And the reality is I was 0% sure. But I said, I want to call my manager. I want to call the office. I want to make sure I get you the right answer to this. So I'm sure a lot of those people early on, like this kid doesn't know hardly anything, right? Because I'm 22, something like that at the, at the time, 23. But he's trying to get me the, the correct information. And I knew enough to, to make my case. And then uh, ultimately, I, I became one of the top producers in, in the whole country for the company in the first 90 days. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, just good telemarketing leads, treat people good and, and try to educate them. And that's really where I found out my niche uh, that was I was good at sales. Then I learned I was good at training and leadership and management. And that's what brought me to Raleigh, North Carolina back in, uh, I want to say it was 99. Okay. 98 and, or 99. And was that with the same company or mm -hmm. you? Same company. It was a company called Protect America. Okay. And uh, they were a national company, lots of offices. Uh, Raleigh was the office that they could never build because everybody wanted salaries and we were notoriously straight commission. Yep. Uh, and not to toot my own horn, but we grew it to number one in the nation. I remember looking it up back then. We were doing 3,100 installs a year, which would have put me in the top 100 companies in the country, just my office. And wow. so, you know, trained a lot of great people, you know, just tried to recruit good, 
solid ethical people that worked hard and uh, really tried to take heart take care of our customers ultimately and that that's what kind of laid the foundation for when I did get to the point where you start your own business already been kind of running my own business in terms of not a hundred percent of it but at least half of the business sure so did you transition um, in from that leadership and management role in the Raleigh area directly into iWatch or were there some other milestones in between there's them? a couple milestones the that company uh, and I won't belabor the point, there was a lot of changes in the industries to where the telemarketing laws went away or, or came into place, I should say. Yep. So telemarketing kind of went away. Uh, I mean, when's the last time we bought something on the phone? You know, we I won't, even, won't even take the call, right? Exactly. So ended up going to another company. They ended up uh, going under. Long story short is, you know, started iWatch Security in, what was it? It was 2011. Okay. Jan January 1st, 2011 was the first uh, start. So about 11 years in business now. Yeah. So those those first couple of roles that you had with the door-to-door -door sales company mm -hmm. uh, doing the installs, uh, one, to you know be one of the top producing people in a matter of 90 days, and then two, coming here and setting records for the company, just sitting here as a, as a business owner, and I'm noticing a reoccurring pattern of very fast and explosive growth. Mm. Looking back on that, what do you think, you know, led to that such quick growth and, and amazing, amazing results? You know, I, that's a great question. I think there's a few things. Uh, I think the industry was really hot back then. It was back then it was like, you know, you can get a free alarm system and people be like, what's the catch, you know? And it's like, there's no catch. It's just, you sign up for a contract. And at the end of the day, there is nothing free. This is what I tell people. I've been telling people for over a decade now, nothing's free. It's just, you know, you sign up for a plan and you get a bunch of stuff included. So I think the the industry was really hot back then. It was just new. Uh, it was affordable, whereas, you know, in the early 90s, we were just talking a little while ago in the early 90s, you, you were paying $1,000, $2,000 for a security system, and then you were paying monitoring on top of it. And uh, so it just became very affordable to the consumer. I think the other thing was I was just unbelievably hungry for for an opportunity. So getting out of the military, I, I had had kids at a young age. So, I mean, I was working seven days a week to just still be broke. And so when I finally had an opportunity that I could I could squeeze this thing and money would come out. Sure. I just worked like an animal for probably, I mean, years. And uh, so just incredibly motivated, out of need, out of... Uh, I can tell you there's nothing there's nothing worse in my opinion that I've been through maybe not nothing that's extreme but being a guy that's trying to provide for your kids and having a tough time I mean it's very emasculating it's very uh very motivating let's just say that so sure. I was always willing to work I never took a penny from the government uh at a time looking back I probably should have probably should have taken some help but I had an ego that was probably too big back then Yep um, and at the end of the day, it's like, once I got my hands on that opportunity, I would just work like a machine and, and try to treat people like you want to be treated and, uh, try to do it better than the competition. Sure. Now, would you say that the, uh, just providing for the kids was probably the strongest driving force for you to go out there and make, make stuff happen? I, I would say that was a very large driver for me. Yeah. Um, I like nice stuff, you know, I, yep. I want nice things, but I also want to give, you know, that's a driver for me, but, but certainly back then it was, it was, you know, it's hard to think about Ferraris when you're, when you're 
you know, you know, the light bill's coming up in two weeks and you're stressed about it. Yep. So those were the real drivers for me and, and really being able to see the kids more and provide more for them. That was definitely the, the big thing for me. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I joke with people, but it's not really a joke at all that I feel like, uh, a lot of my, uh, growth in the, in the real estate field, um, came as a product of, of having three kids in five years. And, you know, I was just getting started out in the business. Wife was leaving the workforce, you know, Pressure. every time. And yeah. so I just white knuckled that growth. And, uh, so, so get, it sounds like you can relate. Yeah. So yeah. get, getting married to her and, uh, promising her a beautiful life. And then having those, uh, three sweet girls in five years has a tremendous amount to do with, with our success in the real estate field. So you had mentioned uh, iWatch Security uh, launched in 2011. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yep. Um, walk me through the early early years of that. I mean, I'm sure uh, there were some struggles in the early years, or like like the other business examples that you've had in your life, did you experience fast growth there too? No, it definitely wasn't fast growth this time around. It was. Uh, I think the the industry was more mature. I think the industry was intensely more competitive. You know, most people can only name two or three security companies, but there's there's over 800 licensed companies in the state of North Carolina. Wow. I would not um, have guessed that. Yeah. And and then you got our biggest challenges. There's two things uh, with our industry specifically is that we're up against a lot of billion dollar companies. You got the ADTs, the, the Brinks, Spectrum, AT&T, Vector. You got a lot of these big name companies that have all the money in the world to just Market. go sponsor the hurricanes and yeah. go do this and go do that. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but then you got do-it-yourself stuff that's coming into the marketplace over the last five to 10 years that a lot of people think, well, I don't need a, a professional to do this. I can just you know, tape this keypad to the wall and it's going to be the same thing, which it isn't. So this time around, it was different. This time around, I uh, ended up going through a separation. Uh, I was a single dad at the time. So there was a whole lot of challenges this time around sure. um, with not, iWatch security. Not, not to mention we're still at the tail end of the terrible recession. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. We're coming out of the great recession for sure. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's uh, this industry, it's it's not a great business model to be 100% honest. And I've been saying this for years. It's not the you know, if you're looking for something for your kid to get into, I would I would in, encourage you not to let them get in the security industry. You know, we go out and we make a sale and and I have to invest in that client. You know, when you get a security system in your traditional model, it's let's say it's zero down 45 bucks a month or something like that for a three or five year contract. Uh, you know, it takes me three years to break even on. Yeah, that. you're losing losing money for, we for are a long time investing. Yep. And uh, which is which is fine. But at the end of the day, it's it's when you're a small company and let's say we're doing 30 new clients a month. Well, that means I need about $30,000 a month to invest and I get my money back in about three years. Right. You know, that's a tough business model when it's you're a, a small game. company. Yep. So it's it's been a long game. I self-taught myself to install before I launched iWatch Security. So when I got it going, uh, to be honest, I was out there in a uh, my Ford Mustang. I would sell it. I would install it. You know, I'm building the website at night. I'm coming up with the graphics. You're ordering, you know, you go out and make a bunch of sales. Uh, and then you got to, uh, you know, spend $4,000 on yard signs and stickers and have boxes of that stuff sitting around. So just tons of details to wrap up. So it was definitely not as fast, but it was always quality control. 
Uh, I've had the same cell phone phone number for almost 20 years now. So anybody I've ever done business with can reach me directly. Uh, so there's a lot of advantages that that I think the the, the service and expertise came to the table uh, that that we brought I brought to the table initially. Yep. But it was really just me for a few years, and that's I was kind of content with that. I wanted to grow it slowly and and you know serve at a high level, uh, and then it got to the point where I kind of need to bring someone else on so I can focus more on sales. So uh, I actually had a client that uh, reached out to me about opportunity, taught him how to install. Yep. Uh, he's a great guy. He installs today. And uh, it was him and I for probably the first five years. So, you know, you just slowly build it up. It's kind of like Amazon.com. Uh, you know, you see Bezos in his garage with the, you know, the handwritten sign sure. Amazon. It's, it's uh, unfortunately, I'm not a trillionaire right now, but uh, it's kind of a similar start, you know? Yeah. Coming soon. I'm sure it's right around the corner. Hopefully. <laughs> so, um, what got you, you know, excited or passionate um, about this field? I mean, it sounds like you've had some early career success with it, and this was the next logical career step for you to take. But mm -hmm. why, why, why security? Is it just convenient? Was it easy for you, or is there is there more of a compelling reason why you think you landed in that field? To be really transparent, the reason why I got in was was because I could make money. Um, that was the initial draw to the industry. Yep, and then. Then you get the phone calls that, uh, and I'll give you real phone calls. You know, you get a client that calls you up and say, hey, just want to let you know the fire department just left the house. Our son came home from high school. This was in Fayetteville. This particular client fell asleep while he was cooking something and that woke up on the front porch or on the front yard with the fire department resuscitating him. And they got there and they got the house. He, he I guess, fell asleep and the uh, smoke knocked him out and, yep. and uh, the client called up and said, this smoke detector saved my kid's life. Um, we had a client in uh, Cary uh, not too long ago. And I this was early in iWatch security because I answered the phone. I remember the call. He called up. He didn't really even really want security, but this was, uh, I want to say it's in Cary. It's the Regency, I think. Yep. It's a really nice yep. million dollar plus homes. Sure. He was calling around. He liked our reviews. And uh, so I talked to him. I answered the call personally because uh, that that was the the f business model back then is yep. I did everything. And so I went out, met with him while I was out there. I talked to him about the fire protection. And uh, he called me back about four or five years after installing that. The only reason he did security is because the insurance company was making them because it was on a million and a half dollar uh, house or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, he called and, and said, Brian, just want to let you know the uh, the fire department left you know, the security system saved our house from the, I guess, a hot water heater caught fire in the mm. attic or something. Last one I'll give you is, uh, and it's not always about the bad things. It's There's a lot of convenience and other stuff, but uh, I've got another client. She was going through divorce. Good friend of mine, uh, Justin, had a rental property and she was temporarily staying there. Got the alarm system and uh, she woke up at three in the morning and there's a couple of guys at her back door kicking the back door open mm. and the alarm goes off and you know, it's just one of those things you don't know what they were there for, but there's yep. two guys uh, kicking open the door of a single female's house. So you get a lot of those kind of things and it just kind of, it makes you feel good that what I'm doing, it's, it's, I'm not just, I'm not just selling something to sell something. It's, it's, I believe in what I do. Uh, I don't think the business model is necessarily the greatest. You know, if you're a race car driver and you're in a, you know, 1988 Yugo or something, and you're competing against Ferraris out there, you, you're only going to get so far. So uh, but it's an industry I believe in. It's an industry I think we've developed a really great team 
uh, our products and services are as good as anybody out there. And, and I can honestly say when we sit down and meet with someone, it's probably 95% of the time they're going to go with us. Wow, that's an incredibly uh, strong close rate. W what do you think is your you know unique uh, selling proposition or niche sure. that you fill in the market to have experienced the growth and results that you have? It's service and expertise. It's yep. it's personal touch. It's accountability. Uh, you know, anytime you're dealing with technology, I mean, I joke around with clients. It's not a matter of if you have a problem, it's when. And a good company is going to be there to take care of it and help you with that kind of stuff. And I'll give you a great example. Over the weekend, I'm coming back from uh, the beach. I had to get away, just decompress a little bit. Now, coming back on Sunday and we see our answering Sunday answering service, two messages come across and it was uh, the name of a guy. And he said that he's trying to power the system down and which is a very unique message to get. And uh, any case, so there's three people that get those messages. There's myself, Tom and Julie. Mm -hmm. And uh, Julie messages me and says, this is the guy. And I probably shouldn't go into too much details, but this client has a restraining order on her ex. Mm. And this guy's inquiring about how to power the system down. And so it's one of these things, we've got all this dialogue within the company on a Sunday that we know what's going on here. Mm. And so- So you're concerned for this client. Concerned for the client. Yeah. So, uh, so that was about half an hour before I got home. So when I got home, I went and, and researched the account. I personally called the call list, uh, end up talking to a client, he get, or the client's call list, I end up getting her mom on the phone. And so we're having this conversation, strategizing about how to deal with this scenario. And I end up, end up recording a call for the lawyer, you know, got the cops, I'm dealing with deputies out there. And long story short is, certainly not trying to toot our own horn, but you're just not going to get that from a big company. No. You're, you're certainly not going to get that from do-it-yourself stuff. The service so, is going to be outsourced to the Philippines or something, and they're just not going to care. So it's it's one of those things where, and and to be honest, just listening to the the mom who's so grateful to to have that expertise from from the security company. She just had this thing installed less than a month ago, uh, and having some real problems with this guy. So yep. it's it's one of those things that you know we believe in what we do and we care about people. And I think when you get that kind of level and commitment, uh, it's it's hard to be beat, you know? Sure, absolutely. So explain to people that maybe aren't in tune with high quality security systems like the ones that you offer, mm -hmm. what are the, what would you say are like the key components that any great security system must have? That's a great question. So number one, about half the systems getting installed roughly, I would say are pretty easily defeated. And of course, they're not telling you that when they're selling it to you. And so there's a wide range of things to, to do that, but I'll give you one example. Let's say, and I don't wanna call out any other companies. Let's say you have uh, a security company, a big name company come out and put a system in for you. I'm a bad guy, I see your sign, uh, which you're almost always gonna put out. And I, I know that company. Yep. And so I watch you guys leave, you go to work. I pull up to the front of the house, I kick open the front door. It's counting down. It's given me 30 seconds to put in the code. Well, I get to the control panel. Most control panels are like an iPad on the wall now. They're wireless versus old school hardwire, yep. which uh, even if you have that, you got the metal metal box in a closet. Usually it's really easy to find. Mm -hmm. um, but I go to, I within that 30 seconds, you can defeat that panel. You go pour water on it, pull it off the wall, go drop it in the toilet. It shorts out. Nobody knows I'm in your house. And really? So, yeah, a lot of people don't know that until you talk to somebody like us. Yep. 
you know, and it's one of those things. And I don't, there's a fine balance. I don't like putting that information out there, but at the end of the day, it's, it's all, truth. I also want to educate consumers. Sure. Um, truth needs to be told. Sure. Yeah. And there's a, you know, there's a do it yourself company that you can Google on YouTube. There's a $2 part you can buy that'll, that'll block the wireless signal because they're not using encrypted wireless technology. Crazy. And so there's things like that, that we really get into that. And we talk about how we prevent those things. So I just think when you, when you talk to a professional that really cares about what they're doing and they talk to you about that kind of stuff, and then our prices are better on top of it, our reviews are better on top of it. It's just kind of a no brainer. The second biggest mistake I think people are making is they think cameras are security and they're not. This is the biggest problem in the industry. People think they get a couple cameras around the house and they think they have security. And I kind of jokingly say, but not jokingly, it's like, I don't want cops to have video of how I got killed. You know, it's, and it sounds extreme saying this on a podcast, but you know, I don't need proof of what happened. I want to be waking up at three in the morning so I can defend myself and my family if needed. Sure. You know, cause the truth be told, you're probably going to get a video of a guy with a hat and a mask on, and that's not going to do anything in court anyway. Sure. And so that's part of it. The other thing is there's a $5 Wi-Fi jammer you can buy that'll knock out your Wi-Fi and knock out your Wi-Fi cameras. Mm. So if that's all you have and your cameras are that easily knocked out, you got nothing. Would you say most of those cameras these days are wire, wireless Wi-Fi? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Most, most, almost all the do-it-yourselves Wi-Fi because it's, mm -hmm. you know, that's the business model. It's got to be easy. easy to install. Yep. Um, and there's, when you really get into the pros and cons, like our cameras, we can have onboard recording in our Wi-Fi cameras. So what that means is you've got, let's say, you know, five to 14 days worth of storage on the camera. So mm -hmm. even if they knock out the Wi-Fi, it's still recording at the camera. It's powered up by power. And so it's one of those things where it's just a much higher level of security. And, you know, anybody can go Google ring cameras being hacked. I mean, the racial slurs or, you know, uh, someone talking to a kid over your camera inside your house saying, come outside and Santa's going to stop by. Like, that's scary stuff. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, ring doorbell had hundreds of thousands of doorbell cameras recalled because they were setting houses on fire. Jeez. And part of that was improper installation. But, you know, guess what? Your installer sucks. Right. They've never installed one before. You know, it's do it yourself. Yep. Um, whereas our guys do this all day long. So the, the overall thing is, I would say, is this. Can you do home security by yourself? Absolutely. You may not do it at the same level. Uh, you may do a decent job and that's okay. You know, uh, can you sell your house by yourself? Of course you can, but there's all kinds of pitfalls that you could run into doing that. You know, you might well, on this, I've heard this before and I've told uh, friends this, they were thinking about selling their house themselves. And I said, I said, man, it's just not worth it. So what are you talking about? I said, you're going to sell your house. You're going to get, let's say you get three, four, five, six offers, but you list your house with a professional, you get it staged, you go through the process of doing it right, and you get 48 offers, and it comes in, rather than you selling your house 10,000 over, because you had four people competing it, you get it for 38,000 over, uh, in a much better scenario, more due diligence, it's just a more professional scenario, and you come out way ahead, even paying a professional to do it. And you get 100,000 over your asking Or 100,000, and some, yeah, it's, it's crazy out there, but but it's the same principle applies. It's you can do almost anything yourself. I can build a bed if I want. Yep. You know, it's probably not going to be as cool as the one I have. Yep. Uh, so it's, it's just, it's all of those little things that 
at the end of the day, professionals know what the amateurs don't and you pay for the expertise. You know, if I'm, if I'm going to get brain surgery, I'm not looking for the cheapest doctor I can find. I'm going to tell you that right now. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, one of my favorite, uh, sayings that I share with my team and my family all the time is just because you can, doesn't mean that you should. Right. Right. Just because you have the ability to do something doesn't mean that you should be the one to do it. I I quote Chris Rock. He says, you can probably drive you with your feet. Doesn't make it a good idea. You know, (laughs) kind of the same thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what have you found uh, to be some of the top reasons based on experience uh, as to why people need to have a high quality security system in place? Well, you know, I think a lot of people aren't as concerned about maybe home invasions, Um, but the crime levels going up, uh, I think with inflation doing what it's doing. uh, I was reading today uh, just briefly. I saw an article about how we've we've got negative growth now in the in the country. So I think you got a lot of things driving unrest. Sure. uh, And without going down that rabbit hole, obviously keeping the bad guys out is, is one thing. Uh, but it's it's keep keeping your kids safe. You know, there's a lot of, you know, the sex trafficking. Like, I didn't realize how bad North Carolina was in terms of sex trafficking. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and people going missing and, and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, you, we just have to do what you have to do to protect your loved ones. And at the end of the day, doing it right is really not that much price point difference from doing it terribly wrong and doing it yourself and having the headache of it. Sure. Um, but there's so many conveniences now when it comes to smart security that you can just run your household, you can run your business, you can uh, protect your liability. You know, if you've got a pool, uh, I don't want to know if you want to go down the road of, of different sure. options, but yeah, let's say that, uh, let's say you're sitting there, you're watching Sunday night football, you're relaxing with a cold one. Uh, and all of a sudden your lamp turns on in the front, front living room. Well, that lamp just turned on because your camera just detected motion in the driveway or in your backyard. And that's a heads up that, hey, wait a minute, nobody's supposed to be around here at eight o'clock at night in the dark on Sunday. So we've got cameras, for example, that when it detects someone, it'll flash at them. So it makes noise. It flashes to get their attention, hopefully scare them off so they're not breaking into your vehicle or trying to come into the house. Sure. And then it can turn on a lamp inside the house or lights in the house or what have you. And that that serves two purposes. First off, it alerts me if I'm in the house or spouse or whoever. Secondly, if I'm the bad guy trying to break into a vehicle and I see this camera flashing at me and and make a noise and then I see a light turn on inside, well, this guy might be grabbing his shotgun. Right. You know, I'm probably going to me. I'm probably going to go find that house down the street with no security, no cameras. It's nice and dark, you know, no dog. There's all these things that you can just put yourself in a less likely to have an issue category. Yeah. Um, path of least resistance is exactly, where they're headed. Yep. Exactly. And so there's all this technology that that's one of those things that, you know, maybe it, maybe it saves a life, you know, maybe it prevents your vehicle from be, getting broken into. And here's the other thing. Maybe it scares that 16 year old kid to never do it again. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'll jump ahead to one of uh, my questions I had planned for later in the show, just because it seems like a natural place to put it in there. Knowing what you know about the industry, all the all the years of experience, all the stories, what are the top things that you feel like people can do to make their home a less likely, you know, target 
sure. for a break-in or a home invasion for like, hey, you know, hide this from inside your windows sure. or sure. have this on the exterior of your home. I'll give you a few top things. Top deterrence. Yeah, yeah top, top things that come to mind. Uh, the obvious, uh, security and yard signs. Uh, but the second thing, dogs are a big deterrent. Yep. Uh, I'm a big believer in dogs. I think that uh, if you're going out of town, make sure you you got someone picking up your mail. Last thing mm -hmm. you want is a big stuffed mailbox. Yep. Uh, another thing you can do when you buy cool stuff like that big screen TV or this and that, don't leave the box at your driveway. You're advertising. You just mm -hmm. got a brand new TV. Smart. You know, picking up if, you know, new, I don't think many people get newspapers anymore, but picking up the newspapers. Lighting control is a big thing. Uh, I love lights around my house at night. I just want my house to look like someone they're going through the, I can drive through a neighborhood and see houses like this house is begging. It's backing up to a wood line. It's pitch black at night, no security sign, no dog, yeah. you know, like they're begging to get broken into like, you know, they're, they're a high prime target. A couple little tips. They're a little bit more random. If you're on nextdoor.com and you're a female, do not have your profile picture on there. You're literally advertising what you look like with your address on next door. Mm. That's a nice little nugget right there Yep. to where if you get some knucklehead who thinks you're attractive, well, he knows where you live now, you know, it's right there. So good lighting. I think we covered just be aware of your surroundings. Uh, definitely being aware of your surrounding cameras are a great deterrent, of course. Uh, so everything you can do to, to put the odds in your favor uh, are really important. Great. So when somebody reaches out to your company for interest in security systems, mm -hmm. what would you say are the top uh, reasons, like in, in order of like mm -hmm. why somebody believes that they need security mm -hmm. from the consumer perspective? Sure. And then knowing what you know, which is the truth, mm -hmm. what's the reality of the top reasons that people need a security system? Well, I think people uh, overall people that generally reach out they're they're pretty proactive they just want to err in the side of caution they want to they want to be proactive peace of mind peace of mind safety you know sometimes it's you know the women are concerned about the the kids the guys concerned about the harley you know it's it's just kind of stereotypical but yep. a, a lot of that does hold true uh, based on my experience but i think it's it's the same reason i have life insurance i, I don't think i'm going anywhere anytime soon but I'm going to pay the 50, 60 bucks a month. And, and I have for over a decade because, you know, God forbid something happened to me. My kids are, are good to go. Sure. So I think it's in the air, in the vein of proactivity. I think, uh, you know, there are some people that are a little bit more concerned. They have specific scenarios, crazy exes, you know, maybe they're seeing the neighborhood turn and it, it's, they, they see some, they're hearing about activity or they're, you know, seeing stuff going on in the neighborhood cars getting broken into. Yep. So. I think generally speaking, it's just people want to be proactive and have peace of mind in their home. And, and of course, after people get broken into there, there's a lot of people that get stuff done after that, but it's unfortunate, uh, that, you know, but that it does happen. Yeah. So, uh, for industry as a whole, and then here on a local level, mm -hmm. like when a security company, uh, receives a call cause the system went off for whatever reason, mm -hmm. what, what's like the most common occurrences of what's what's happening on like a national level and then mm -hmm. here in in our market. Well, I would say generally speaking, uh, all false or all alarms when they come in, there's going to be probably ninety five plus or false alarms. False alarms. So okay. you know, you go to let the dog out, or kids do his business, kids around. open the door. Yep. Uh, 
And there's a lot of technology now that's built around that. For example, if the alarm goes off on our app, you can press and hold abort. It, it turns off the alarm system. It cancels with the monitoring station. You don't even have to talk to them. But I think that, uh, I think generally speaking, uh, the, I'm going to say two, three, four, five percent that are real uh, are going to be generally doors getting kicked open, things like that. Uh, yep. You know, maybe a panic button, maybe a, uh, you hit the medical button because you got uh, a son having an asthma attack or something like that and you need EMS. Yep. You know, grandpa comes over and he falls over or something, you know, he's not feeling good, you know, something like that. So, you know, we monitor for medical, police, fire. Yep. We've got pendants that, you know, if someone, it has fall detection built into the pendant. So you can press and hold like the falling and I can't get up. I mean, you know, I don't want to use them. I don't know if they have that patented, but that's the, <laughs> Probably. you know, uh, anybody who's seen those commercials uh, from back in the day, that's just one little tiny aspect of stuff we do. Sure. This question is actually more for me, something I've, I've always been curious about. So if you have a security system mm -hmm. um, that's powered by the electricity that goes to your home, mm -hmm. what, if any, like preventative measures are in place, like if somebody were to try to cut the power to mm -hmm. your house, can the system still operate? Absolutely. That's a great question. So with our system, when the power gets cut, you've got a 24 hour battery backup that'll keep it going anyway. Okay. But you get a text message from your security system saying the power was just lost. Mm. Then you get a follow-up text message saying fewer than 3% of the customers in your area have lost power. That lets you know, this is my house. Mm -hmm. So if you're at the beach or you're out of town, or you might get the message saying, you know, 95 plus percent of the people in your area have lost power, then you know it's an area power outage. Okay. But if it says you're you're one of the only ones, that might be worth looking into. Yep. And so you can jump online if you got, uh, you know, if you got your cameras on a UPS or something like that. I'm a big believer in having a backup generator. Uh, but at the end of the day, and, you know, most people are not going to spend the money on that. Yep. But it'll keep the system going to where it gives you some time to react to it. So even if they try to break in, it's still going to set the alarm off. It's still going to do all that stuff. Sure. Do you have any statistics available for like, you know, uh, events that happen here in the triangle as far as break-ins, home invasions, things that, you know. Yeah, I would say the would FBI. Yeah, the FBI puts out regular stuff in yeah. terms of specific areas. I'd have to look into it specifically, but there was a website I used to look at a long time ago called Spot Crime. It was actually amazing to me, spotcrime.com, how, yep. how much stuff was right in my neighborhood. Sure. And, you know, when you gun gunshots were fired or homes being broken into and things like that. And it's like, you know, generally speaking, you don't hear about it as much, uh, but there's a lot of activity and, and I've, you know, I've been to every nice neighborhood in, in the triangle. And, uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it happens everywhere. If there was a safe neighborhood, we would all live there. Sure. Uh, the, the thing that's always kind of funny to me is, is if you live in a safe neighborhood, why are you locking your doors? Right. You know, cause, cause locks aren't keeping anybody out unless they're honest, you know? Yep. And so it just doesn't do anything. I mean, guy, your size, you're through the door. If you want, they want to come in, they're going to come in. They're coming in. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, I should, I should probably not say this on a podcast, but I'll say it. It's like, I don't even lock my doors. The only door that I have locked is my front automatic door lock. Right. But if someone's going to come in my house, open the door. Cause now I don't have to repair it. Now right. you're going to set off my alarm, whatever you're going to do, you're going to do in the first place, but my alarm's going to go off cause I'm religious about setting it. Sure. So, 
you know, at least I don't have to fix my door. They're going to do whatever they're going to do. Yeah. So you've already shared uh, some really cool, um, like technology stuff that mm -hmm. I wasn't aware of, you know, the lamp turning on, sure. thing, things like that. What, what, uh, recent developments and like technology over the last few years, um, do you think, you know, have been the most innovative or coolest you're like wow that's really neat and we're going to start offering you know that to our clients sure and then um anything coming down the pipeline that you're hearing of um from the industry that you think mm -hmm. is gonna gonna change the game well uh, if drones fr flying around the house is probably going to happen at some point which wow. is pretty wild yeah um you know the alarm goes off and drones start flying around looking for motion uh there's already robots that'll that'll uh uh patrol like the mall and things like that it's, it's very cost prohibitive for the average household now, but most things are when technology first comes out. I would say that the quality of cameras are probably one of the biggest developments. Mm. Five, 10 years ago, you know, you would hear companies say, oh, this will record motion. Well, yeah, but the trees blowing is motion. Right. You know, the sun coming out from behind the clouds and all the pixels in the frame change, that's motion to a camera. You know, there's all these type of things that were cool sounding, but actually not delivering a great customer experience to where when you get those Arlo cameras and you get 58, you know, text messages or push notifications every 30 minutes, you stop paying attention to it. It sure. kind of defeats the purpose. Yep. And so analytics that we offer are probably the best thing. So, you know, if I get a, if I get a message from my doorbell camera, it's because a human was detected mm -hmm. and they're about 99% accurate. And so our, our other cameras detect animals, humans, vehicles, or what's called a UFO. If something is really questionable, it'll just record it and send you the clip. Mm -hmm. And so it really weeds out a lot of the nonsense that you don't want to see. Yep. And when I get a text message, you know, it gives me a little screenshot of what it of what it saw. So I can oh, look cool. at it. I can look at it and see, oh, that's the cleaning lady or that's the pet. So you're not having to go into the app. Right. Yeah, that's cool. So you know, the newer, the newer keypads, for example, um, you can have different codes. So let's say you program a code for your pet sitter and you're out of town and you get a, uh, you get a notification that they just disarmed the system and they're mm -hmm. there to walk your dog. Well, you get a, you get a notification from your phone and you're looking at the picture and it's like, that's not the hire lady we hired. Sure. Who is that? Yep. Then you find out she had her boyfriend go out and do this you know, who just got out of jail or something. Yep. And it's like, you know, you just, you can manage your household with, without being there. I'll give you a couple quick scenarios. We've got, uh, we've got gun detectors that can go in the, uh, uh, the, I'm drawing a blank where you squeeze the trigger. Uh, we've got detectors that'll go in there that if that thing moves at all, you get a notification. So if the gun gets picked up, if it gets moved or anything like that, you get notified. Really? Um, we've got sensors that'll go on cabinets or wine cellars or things like that. We, we did Keeping the kids out of the liquor Keep cabinet, the kids huh? out of the booze when you're out of town, <laughs> you know? So, you know, if you're in an office uh, and you got a, you're a realtor and you got all your files in there or your database, you can put a sensor on your file cabinet. And if somebody opens that filing cabinet, you get a text message and that camera in the corner records that clip and you could go search through every time that cabinet opens, I can go look at the video clips. Yeah. So it really makes it, it's very practical now to where you can really implement this stuff and manage your household, protect your liability if you're a, uh, a business owner. So there's just so much technology that can, can really impact you. We've got, 
we've got mats that go in the bed that if the if grandma stays in bed too long, you can get a text message. Oh, wow. We've got motion detectors that'll go in hallways that if it doesn't detect motion in a 12-hour period, you get it notified so you can check on grandma. You can have That's your really cool. Yeah, you can have your security system. We can have a camera on your account. Send it to Chicago, Illinois, and you can get on your app for your security system and talk to grandpa in Chicago on the camera with two-way audio and check in on grandpa. Oh, that's really cool. So it's all this technology that really just helps improve the quality of life. It's sure. it's really not just about keeping the bad guys out, although that's a pretty big deal. Yep. Um, it's about more managing the the property. Sure. Yeah. And, and making things easier. Keeping the pets safe. You know, if there's a fire, you know, I don't want I don't want my dog getting stuck in the home when there's a fire. I mean, that's that's worst case scenario for me. Yeah. There's a lot of other ways I'd rather go than that. Yeah. So uh, I was fascinated earlier when you brought up uh, in the event of a fire, the integration can shut down the heating and air conditioning mm -hmm. system to cut down on the oxygen that's flowing through the house. Any other like integration type stuff like that, that um, you sure. know, you, maybe you take for granted, but your average consumer isn't aware of? Yeah. Uh, so for example, when the cleaning company comes, you know, it used to be a concern that, oh, my mom always sets off the alarm system or something. Now with the door lock, you're not losing keys anymore. As a business owner, you're not rekeying after every employee leaves, which is yep. very expensive. So you can have these automatic door locks that are programmable right through the app. So your kid comes home from school, they put in their four numbers and hits check marks. It unlocks the door, but it also turns off the alarm. Ah, And so it helps prevent the false alarms. So yep. my cleaning company... Yep. To get in my That's house, cool. they need to use their code. Yep. I can set that code to only work from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., yep. uh, Monday through Friday. And then you have the option to say that this will also turn off the alarm simultaneously. Right. So I can control that door lock. I control the hours their codes work. Yep. And let's say that uh, you fire an employee and you're, you're in Las Vegas at a convention or something. You just log into your app and delete their code out of the system. Yep. No need to chase down keys anymore. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, you and I grew up in a time where one of the worst things in the world is uh, you get home from school and you're locked out of the house. That was and horrible. Mom yeah. and dad don't get home for another two or three hours. Absolutely. Um, nowadays, that doesn't seem to be of a of a concern anymore because of the advances uh, yeah. in technology. It's true. We're going to shift gears here and just talk more broad approach uh, business owner stuff. Uh, what is your favorite aspect of being a business owner? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, I really like the creativity. I love building a brand. I love having my brand is so personal to me that probably one of my weaknesses as a business owner in the past and why we probably haven't grown as much, why we wouldn't scale as rapidly is because I've been such a mama hen to sit on and want to control everything and want to make sure it goes right and uh, just taking it entirely too personal. So yep. it's um, that's, that's something that I've learned about myself over the years. And, and you gotta, you gotta find good people. You gotta be able to delegate and trust them and you gotta let people mess up. Yep. Uh, that's one of the things I really love about building a business is building a brand, yeah. media, marketing, all of that's really fun for me. Well, especially when it turns into a successful one, that's uh, very rewarding mm -hmm. to see all the creativity, blood, sweat, and tears. Sure you know, translate into a success, you know, there's, 
can't think of uh, many things that are more rewarding than seeing your hard work uh, translate into material success. Yeah, totally. And there's and this is with any profession, but there's so much work that goes on that that you're never going to get credit for. It's it's the you know answering the the call at at uh, ten o'clock. You know, sitting there watching playoff hockey, and and a client calls up and they've got some emergency, and I'm jumping on it on my iPad and this and that, and it's like, you know. They didn't call the phone number. They didn't use their app. They didn't, you know, it's just, Hey, I'll just help you out. I'll just take care of this real quick. Yep. And and being able to, they got a motion detector going off, going crazy for them and being able to delete that sensor remotely, jumping on the calendar, setting up service for the next day and just handling it all via text. Yeah. You know, uh, versus I had a refrigerator go out in under a year. So I called Lowe's get through to frigid air. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was on hold for about an hour and 10 minutes. Oh gosh. And, uh, the phone call generally it, it took, I'd screenshot it. It was about an hour and a half. And I just remember thinking like, man, our customers have it. So good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? They call, they send in a request through the app. We're texting them back. It's just, it's convenient. Yeah. That saw a great, uh, quote at a conference I was at a few weeks ago and, uh, it was with Tony Robbins actually. And he, he said, our, our biggest problem is that we think that we shouldn't have any and uh, that problems are a sign of life. Right. And if you don't have any problems, you should be concerned. Probably dead, yeah. Because you're, yeah. you're probably dead. What would you say are the top three skills uh, needed to be a successful business owner? That's a good question. I would say the first thing that comes to mind is you're, you're going to have to be really resilient. I would say accountability is probably the second biggest thing. And uh, probably the last thing is I think you would have to, I think you would have to be, ideally, you're really into self-growth. For example, there's a book called The E-Myth. Yes, and great book. It's, it's probably one of, if you're ever thinking about starting a business, you got to read that book or listen to it on audio. Uh, it just really breaks down the difference between people that create difference between entrepreneurs and people that just, they, they create a job they can't quit. And that's a devastating situation to be in. And so over the years, working towards scaling, putting those standard operating procedures in, in motion. And, you know, your whole business should run like a McDonald's, yep. you know, there should be SOPs for everything. And, and one of my weaknesses probably admin. Uh, so that's, that hasn't been our strength over the years because it wasn't my strength, but what you have to do is you have to find people that complement you, uh, and can fill the gap and be strong in those areas to, to, you know, bring the whole picture to the table. Yep. Um, those are three things I think you'd really, uh, actually learning sales is probably way up there and or communicating. Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of things you really got to learn, man. It's just, there's so much stuff that you don't even realize until you really start digging in. Uh, but you're going to, you got to be resilient because you're going to make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Um, building a business is a truly a, a spiritual experience. It's a massive undertaking. And um, it is. there's there's always uh, holes in the boat, mm-hmm. right? And you don't figure out what the next one is until you you clog up the the current one, right? Um, but there's there's always always work to be done, and um, yeah, it seems us uh, highly motivated, success driven people are we're always going to find that next opportunity and that next thing that we can 
approve upon to keep our business growing forward. Sure. Um, so you had mentioned like personal personal growth mm-hmm. um, as as one of those key elements, and I couldn't agree with you more there. What are some things that you are currently doing or actively participating in to make sure that you stay on a on a growth track? Yeah, my goal was 52 books uh, to read this year, so one a week. Uh, and I don't mind telling you I'm behind schedule. So mm-hmm. um, There's still time. Yeah, yeah, you know, and here's how I look at it. I shoot it for a very high goal because a lot of these books are like Life Force. You mentioned Anthony Robbins, Life Force. Yep. That is a novel. That is a big book. It really and, is. And our, our team is actually reading that right now. It's so awesome fascinating. stuff. Fascinating. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Uh, fantastic book so far. I, I think I'm on chapter, I think I just finished chapter four. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you're trying to read 52 of those, you know, there's a lot of big books, but I'm gonna have to mix in some small ones. To, <laughs> you know, uh, I reread Magic at Thinking Big, yep. uh, which was one of the first books I ever read. I just felt like rereading it because it had been so long and I was recommending it to a few people. And then I was, I remembered some stuff from it, but I'm like, I'm gonna reread this real quick. But uh, what was the question? I'm getting old, sorry. Uh, just uh, current things that you're oh, plugged things. into yeah, so to stay in a growth path. Reading lots of books. I love podcasts like this. Yep. I love listening to Anthony Robbins, Gary Vee, um, Patrick Bet David is someone I've started listening to a bunch lately. I just like to to keep, you know, Stephen Covey, you got to sharpen your saw. So, yep. you know, my business is where I've allowed it to be. And if my business is not where I want it to be, it's because of me. Sure. So I can look at do-it-yourself trends. I can look at all these different things. And I can, as Tony Robbins would say, I can I can tell myself that story or I can ask myself good questions and say, well, how can I succeed? How can I serve at a higher level? How can I get the message out better? You know, so it's uh, learning. I mean, I'm a big, big Anthony Robbins fan. I think he's going to go down as one of the all-time great humans. But uh, absolutely, I think that uh, it's it's asking ourselves better questions and constantly working on ourselves. Yeah. So I was in a mastermind with uh, Gary Keller, who's the CEO of Keller Williams, mm-hmm. which is the largest real estate franchise in the world. And um, he said today that the quality of our lives is determined by the quality of questions that we ask ourselves. Yeah. And, um, it, it seems counterproductive to slow down and ask these deep, meaningful questions, Mm -hmm. but that's actually going to put you on the fast track to where you want to go is, um, just because you're, you're busy doesn't necessarily mean uh, that you're being productive. So true. So I'm trying to do a better job of, of slowing down and asking a lot of questions of myself, giving myself uh, think time, sure. and then also time to journal and reflect. And that's, that's awesome. That's been a very uh, powerful exercise that I'm trying to make, trying to make habit. Totally. So where uh, would you like to see your business go um, in the future, in the next year, the next five years, and then legacy beyond that? You know, we grew sixty percent last year, and wow. and, and we're That's trying to impressive growth. Well, we're man. we're trying, and yeah. uh, we're we're shooting for the same number this year, which is uh, we're a little bit behind schedule. Yep. Uh, so we got some work to do, but at the end of the day, it's just good, steady growth. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be national company. I want to be one of North Carolina's highest rated companies, which we already are. Yep. I just want to find ways to serve our clients at a higher level. Uh, we're constantly refining our processes. We're constantly working to set the expectation better, improving follow-up better. Uh, there's so many things about technology 
there's so many expectations that clients can have. And there's one, there's some part it's like, well, why do you think that? But at the end of the day, it's, it's my job to make sure they don't think that and take that responsibility and do everything we can to communicate. And I'll, I'll just say the biggest thing is, you know, we get a customer that'll call up and say, our, our cameras aren't working our Wi-Fi cameras aren't working. Sure. And I'll say camera or cameras, mm -hmm. all of, well, all four of our cameras or whatever. I said, you, you changed your out your internet or your router. Oh yeah. We switched from AT&T to spectrum to save five bucks a month or something. The Santa. Like, yeah. Well, we got to reprogram all your cameras. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there's a cost to come out and do that. Like, yeah. I didn't change your Wi-Fi network, <laughs> you know? And so we, we do what we can to, to communicate that stuff because rolling a truck at four bucks a gallon with a guy that's making, you know, 40 to 60 grand a year, all the insurance, the vehicles, the wrapped logos, paid vacations, you know, yep. uh, the lunches we buy, just all of that's factored into every time they roll a truck. Sure. And, uh, you know, a lot of times we'll end up eating that service call uh, as a complimentary thing for them initially. And it's like, well, we're going to give you this one. Because they didn't know. Because they didn't know. And yep. it's, it's as a business owner, I just find that that's part of one thing I think that's helped our reputation is we, we eat a lot of stuff that we shouldn't. Uh, but we do it because, you know, sometimes just the right thing to do and, and hopefully it creates that raving fan. Absolutely. And that's, that's what it's all about. Your, uh, strongest, uh, marketing is always going to be a great, uh, customer experience. Definitely. Who do you seek, uh, for business advice? You know, running a business, you're always going to have challenges. You're always going to have opportunities, I know you're very well connected in the community. Who do you like to connect with uh, to talk shop? You know, I think uh, I think early on, I think I went to the internet because we're going to become the you know the five people that we associate with the most. We're going to become very much like, and so early on, it was like, well, I want to associate with Anthony Robbins. I yeah. want to I want to immerse myself sure. and, and and get that mental fuel for the day. But then I think. Uh, I naturally gravitated towards a lot of business owner type people. And yep. I think, I think that's important for me. Uh, and then I do have a, a friend who's a multimillionaire, uh, who I like picking his brain and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, but I just think finding people that are in the process of self growth and growing and striving, getting around those people. And it's no different than, you know, if you start hanging around a bunch of people that are going to the gym and they're extremely fit and they're eating right, and you, you're going to find yourself like, man, I, I'm the I'm the big guy here, you know. Yeah. Like I need to I need to ease up on the wine and the coffee creamer. Sure. But uh, you know, so I think being around the people that can help you improve your yourself, I think that's really important. But if you don't have anybody that you can get around, uh, like I've had the privilege of getting to know some people, uh, some really great people of the last five, six, seven, eight years. But if you don't have that, man, you got the internet, it's free. Sure. And you can access some brilliant people, uh, some really great videos to, to help you become a better version of yourself. Absolutely. It's a, it's an incredible time to, to be alive, right? And so Definitely. you can, there's no, in my mind, there's, there's little excuses to, you know, not pursue your passions and your, and your dreams. Cause it's all right there at the tip of your Totally of your fingertips uh, and available for available for all. And to steal some Gary V content, yeah, you know, our grandparents didn't have the ability to hustle on the internet. No, they didn't have the ability to get on eBay and sell stuff and and Amazon and set up shop and have stuff running automated while you're sleeping. Sure, you know, they had eight to five to make money, and we've just got so much opportunity now. You don't have to 
have a big re record label discover you. You can put out content on your own. Absolutely. And so there's just really so much opportunity and, and so little room for excuses, regardless of your background. America's just bar none, one of the greatest countries on the planet. And I say one of, you know, we're not perfect, but we're pretty darn good. We are. You know, there's 195 countries in the world. Half of the world's immigration comes here because of so much opportunity. And we truly are the world's melting pot, you know. So anyway, don't get me gone. Don't get me. <laughs> don't get me started on that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think that we're in for a, a reshaping of the um, existing education system, and I think the the future of education is going to be more, and should be more, helping people identify what their God given gifts, talents, skill, abilities, mm -hmm. and passions are. And then plugging in with those people in the form of masterminds, coaching, online courses, instead of, you know, teaching them Algebra 3. Sure. Right. Um, see uh, that becoming more and more and more of a trend. So in looking back at your business um, career with, with iWatch Security, what would you say has been your most satisfying moment or biggest accomplishment? That's a good question. I would say just hitting a, uh, and I don't want to share the number publicly, but hitting yeah. hitting a number that was an exciting number for me. Income and, goal, uh, not yeah. in not income or goal revenue. necessarily. It's mm. it's revenue and net worth goal. Yep. Um, and that's, you know, that's a big deal. Growing up poor, yep. single mom. You know, I had, we were talking earlier before when you were wrapping up with your client. It was, you know, I was hustling with baseball cards and all that kind of stuff when I was, you know. 10, 11, 12, 13. My first job was a buck an hour at a baseball card shop in yeah. Colton, California. <laughs> and so, you know, there's a little entrepreneur in there uh, a long time ago, but yep. but growing up, I'll just, you know, not wanting to ask my mom for guest jeans because I knew she didn't have the money. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I wanted a pair of guest jeans. Sure. And I think what that did in a positive way was it taught me that, well, I don't want to ask my mom, so how can I get it? And I think it started me thinking, we, we talked about quality questions, right? Yep. I think at a young age, I started asking myself quality questions. Mm -hmm. How can I earn this money? Because I want these guest jeans yep. or I want a skateboard or I want something. And I don't know how I knew, but I just knew, like, I didn't want to make my mom feel bad that I knew she couldn't provide, yep. you know? So uh, those were good questions that started out of circumstances. Yeah. And, yeah. and empowering questions when right. you just as easily, um, you know, could have uh, been a victim Another one of my favorite favorite quotes is that uh, rock bottom has made more more champions than privilege ever has. I agree. Yeah, and um, just I'm seeing that as a as a common career. The more I uh, you know speak with people like yourself, the more I attend events and see these rock star business people up on stages, is that an overwhelming majority of them have gone through hell. Yeah. Like they've had they've had really tough. Um, circumstances and that's given them the grit and resolve and drive and motivation to go out there and do something special to change uh, family trees yeah. and, and to change change their trajectory. Definitely see that a lot. Yeah. Uh, big question for you here. How do you describe success and what is the best way to achieve long-term success? It's a great question. I would say success is happiness. I would say mm. that... Uh, Ultimately, it's it's whatever your happiness is. You know, Jordan Clark's version of success may not be my version of success. And 
someone's version of success might be working a 30 hour work week, making 60 grand a year. And they play softball every three days. They're, they're video gaming with their buddies at night. Like they're putting a little money away for retirement. And if he's happy or she's happy, awesome. Happy and healthy. Yeah. It's so not always more and more and more. Right. And, mm-hmm. and you know, there's a lot of really wealthy people that are miserable. And so I think they, they're, they got it twisted. I think they're chasing the money thinking that's happiness. But yep. at the end of the day, it's maybe that's not happiness for them. Maybe for someone like Elon Musk, you know, who just seems to be relentlessly driven, you know, as long as he's happy, go for it. Uh, but you know, I've had to work really hard most of my adult life and that's not, that's not happiness to me anymore. I'm very driven, but you know, people poke at me all the time. Oh, you, you're going back to Vegas or this and that. And it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go back to Vegas. You yeah. Know? I'm going to spend some time with friends going out to North Hills, grab a little uh, drinks and beach music tonight or what have you. Sure. And it's like that, that balance for me is happiness. Um, so that may not be happiness for, for you or someone else. So I think you gotta, you gotta try different things and you gotta find your level of happy. And then the other thing is don't judge other people. You know, if someone else doesn't want to work at all and they are truly happy, then this is, this is America. Yep. You know, freedom comes with, with uh, downside. Yep. You know, you have the freedom to do nothing in this country. But it Enough rope to hang yourself. Yeah. And many you, people do. And you know what? You, or you can have the freedom to go work like an animal yep. and just crush it. And I, I know plenty and of people to do that. Ha- and not everybody has that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, you have the freedom to go to the gym every day, twice a day if you want, and, yep. and be in amazing shape. You know, if I'm not in amazing shape, I don't, I don't get mad at those people. I don't judge them. I don't think they owe me some of their gains. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yep. like, if I want that, I need to go learn from those people. Do what they if, do. If I want to get in great shape like that, I'm going to go find the people that are in great shape and I'm going to learn from them yep. and I'm, and I'm going to implement it. Yeah. So that, rather than thinking they need to give me some of it. What a, what a great response. And I appreciate the uh, super thoughtful answer. If you had just one piece of advice to someone starting out on a business journey, building mm-hmm. their own business, uh, looking back at knowing what you know now, mm-hmm. all the mistakes, all the failures, all the successes, uh, what would that one piece of advice be to somebody that's just getting started out? I think if you're starting a business, definitely get into e-myth. Mm. Um, that way you're not creating a job you can't quit. The e-myth by uh, Michael Gerber, I think it is. Yep. Um, begin with the end in mind. Begin with the end in mind. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen Covey. Um, fantastic book. I think uh, get get educated, learn sales, because in my opinion, most of what you're going to do business-wise, you're going to need some sales. You're going to need to be able to, to relate to people. Uh, you're going to need to sell people on the opportunity so you can attract good talent around you. You know, you're only going to accomplish so much by yourself. Elon's obviously all over the news right now. You know, he doesn't accomplish all this stuff by himself. You know, he's a key factor, but there's no question he's got all kinds of brilliant people surrounding him. And so, you know, to be successful in business, we have to to collaborate with other humans. So the better you can get with people, the more likely you are to to achieve success because you're going to have to attract and retain good people at your company. Yep. Um, and you're going to have to attract and retain good clients. And so, you know, human, I'd say one thing now that we're thinking about it, learning good human skills, interaction skills, 
uh, so that you can work well with others. You know, hopefully you get an A and plays well with others. Yep. Hopefully you get an A in that category. Sure. Um, and I think you can do some great things. Sure. It's a skill that needs no to question. be a skill that needs to be developed. Brian, this was a, a great show. I appreciate you having it Thank on. You. I appreciate Super it. insightful for me, and I'm sure our our listeners are going to love it as well. Um, before the show, we were talking, and I understand that um, you have a, a special promotion uh, for the Triangle Radio Podcast Group today. Do you want to briefly explain absolutely. what you got going for, yeah, our, appreciate for our folks? The op- absolutely, appreciate mm-hmm. that. Um, so uh, use promo code JORDAN, and uh, it's a $295 upgrade to our baddest seven inch touch screen it looks like a ipad on the wall it's got uh, uh, a camera built into it rf jamming detection and all kinds of cool little features you can look at your cameras on it and so forth but uh just use that promo code jordan uh when you call the office we still actually take the time to come out and meet with folks uh because you know it's an education process um a lot of companies just try to sell you stuff over the phone because quite honestly it's easier for us to do that yep uh, but we, we don't want easy. We want highly rated. We want service and expertise. So that's what we, we strive for. I, I love that. Um, what is the best way for listeners to connect with you if they'd like to set up a consultation and find out more about your products and services? Sure. You can Google iWatch Security. We're, we're going to come up uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. We're one of the highest uh, SEO companies out there organically. Um, you can call the office. You can uh, request through the, the internet, uh, through our website. And any of that would be just fine. And we'll, we'll usually start texting you pretty quickly. Uh, awesome. Lastly, uh, your ser- your service area. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the general service area that you'll, you'll travel in? We've got clients from the beach uh, all the way to furthest west we've gone is Morganton, Charlotte type area. Okay. But I would say realistically 90% of our clients are in the Triangle area, about, about an hour, hour and a half from Raleigh. Um, it's just we don't really market to areas outside of that because – it gets tougher to service someone when they're four hours away. Sure, uh, but uh, we've we've got some clients out there. Usually, it's you know we do their house or their business here or both, and then they got a beach house. It's like all right, you know we'll we'll go do that for you. Love it, love it. All right, Brian, uh, with iWatch Security, thanks again for jumping on the show today. This is great. Really awesome. enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much, Jordan. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to this Triangle Radio podcast. 